shooting out sparks over 38 states, the Canadian plains, and the tequila fields of Mexico. A program most deserving of a grand introduction. The Nocturnal Journal. The talk of the town. WGN Radio 720. With your guide, Dave Hoekstra. Daytime turns me off and I don't mean maybe. Welcome to Nocturnal Journal on June first, two thousand nineteen. Uh, in the next hour, we got a, we've got a good show tonight. We got Jonas Friddle playing some old timey country music, uh, ten to eleven o'clock in the uh, studio here at WGN. And from nine thirty to ten in the studio, we're going to have former state senator William Maravitz talking about his latest project, uh, the musical Miracle, about the two thousand sixteen world champion Chicago Cubs. And our first guest on the phone from Tennessee, our friend Lee Dave. Yeah, I saw the number. <laughs> it wasn't uh, he's gonna be here in a minute. Lee David Zimmerman, uh, who wrote a book called Americana Music, Voices, Visionaries, and Pioneers of an Honest Sound. It's out on uh, Texas A&M University Press. And Rose getting David, uh, Lee David Zimmerman on the phone right now. Are you there, Lee? I am indeed. <laughs> we had the wrong number there. So, thanks. Oh uh, no, you're kidding. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we didn't waste too much time. Thanks for joining us. It's a fantastic book, Americana Music, Voices, Visionaries, and Pioneers of an Honest Sound. It builds organically over like 50 years. You know, I mean, I, I, it starts, you kind of, you know, start at the very beginning of this. So I think for listeners, why don't you first of all define, and you do it in the book, but define what Americana is to you, Americana Music. Well, the thing about the book is that I let the folks that I interviewed, some of these iconic figures, uh, be it Ralph Stanley or Chris Oman or Guy Clark, I let them talk about their careers. And through their words, I came to sort of an understanding of what this thing called Americana is. My original thought was that when I listened to bands like the Birds and the Flying Burrito Brothers and Poco and Nitty Gritty Dirt Bang back in the late 60s and early 70s, well, to me, that was Americana. That was what they called it country rock or roots rock at the time. But it really is this thing called Americana that's so popular now. It's got a new label. But the sound, you know, evolved out of these earlier origins. And, and I tried to make that fact uh, all the more impressionable through these stories. You know, um, a couple of the themes and the people you talk to, and maybe we can elaborate on, the, uh, on this, is that uh, there's sounds and songs that are derivative of tradition. And I think what's yeah. also timely right now, uh, some of them are sounds of, of other worlds and of immigration and stuff. So can you, can you talk exactly. about how that feeds into uh, Americana? As we know, you know, I, I, I've been, and I know you have too, I've been following Americana since it got created, since it was hatched, 
And it turned into, yeah. when I, I remember it being kind of a little niche thing, and now it's kind of turned into kind of a big, unwieldy thing, and I can't keep track of it anymore. <laughs> it, it is a huge umbrella, yeah. because if you really want to talk about it in the strictest terms, Americana is a big umbrella. I mean, it incorporates, incorporates uh, you know, country, folk, uh, rootsy music, traditional music, uh, R&B, soul, blues. It's, it's huge. So to kind of pin it down to any one specific genre doesn't really do it justice. But I, I, I kind of sum it up. I've come up with a sort of alliteration that these artists have reverence for their roots, but contemporary credence. Mm. As you can tell, I'm big on alliteration. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I think that defines it. I, I think uh, whatever style of music falls within that umbrella, all of it sort of relates to an archival or traditional sound, and through their interpretation and their imagination and ingenuity. They've made it very uh, contemporary sounding and very immediate. And I think that's maybe a key to what Americana is these days. Can I also ask then uh, what isn't Americana? What is Americana? What is not Americana? What is not Americana? What falls outside of that uh, umbrella? Well, you know, is polka? Is polka? Is what polka? I would say <laughs> if you're talking about uh, electronica, perhaps, mm-hmm. or a real proggy sound, maybe that's not Americana. I was tempted to say rap music might not be Americana, but people will correct me because when you think about the work songs that were sung in the old South with the field workers, a lot of that was a, a spoken rhythmic sound. So maybe rap music is Americana. Sure. I, I, I tend to think it might fall into that category. I would agree with that. Um, I want to get to the meat of, uh, to whet the uh, appetite of the listeners, Steve Forbert, Timothy B. Schmidt. Chris Isaac, Sam Bush, our friends, the Mekons, they're going to be on in a couple weeks, uh, John and oh, Sally. Great. So talk about how you, I love it, talk about some of the people in, in the book, who you picked, why you picked them. Well, I, I, I guess the, the answer is I picked artists that I personally enjoy. And having said that, I did have to narrow things down because I'm a music obsessive and I like a lot of artists. So I really had a focus in on artists that, A, I admire their music, and B, I felt that they contributed in some way to a strain of Americana music. Like the Mekons, of course, you know, uh, they really originated out of the English punk sound and their insurgents. But at the same time, since resettling, I guess, here in Chicago, um, they've adapted to a more Americana, folky kind of sound. Right. And Sally points um, out in, in your section on them, Sally Timms does say, you know, we, we have a strong folk connection. She says that in your, in your book. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, somebody like Chris Isaac, well, he went back to his roots. He, he did an album that uh, was 
music from the Sun Studios era. And so he deliberately went back in the past and emulated some of that classic music. And, uh, you know, of course, getting the opportunity to speak to somebody like the late, great Ralph Stanley or the wonderful Guy Clark, um, I, I was fortunate, fortunate enough to speak to them prior to their passing, of course. But uh, when I was presented with the opportunity to, to speak to such legendary individuals, I jumped at it. How could you not? So uh, it was a combination of different things. But I think that the, the one constant was the fact that I really, really admired, loved their music. And at the same time, I, I had a chance to speak to these legends, and uh, that was so enriching in itself. Okay, we're going to take a break. Um, it's called Americana Music, Voices, Visionaries, and Pioneers of an Honest Sound by Mr. Lee David Zimmerman. And it's on Texas A&M University Press, and it's got Scott Abbott on the, on the cover. So don't go away. I want to talk a little about your own roots in music, okay? So you can hang on a little bit. Exactly. Okay. Happy to. Go, don't go away on Nocturnal Journal TV. Put my suitcase out there, too. Throw my troubles out the door. I don't need them anymore. Because tonight I'll be staying here with you. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal. That's Lee David Zimmerman. And uh, you, I asked you for some of your favorite songs, too. That was one of the songs you picked. Uh, so talk about Bob Dylan, Mr. Zimmerman's influence on you, uh, Lee. Well, we share the same last yeah, right, name, for one. <laughs> and, and I have to tell you, I do have a cousin named Robert Zimmerman. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to leave you hanging. That's all I'm going to say. But... Uh, you know, Bob Dylan, uh, you know, an American icon, one of the greatest songwriters in history. I was going to say in the 20th century, but goes well beyond. And Dylan has come up with so many amazing creative ideas in the whole trajectory of popular music. But when he went country, quote unquote, with John Wesley Harding and then more definitively with Nashville Skyline, he really, really changed the course of popular music. Uh, Him and and the band and the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, for the first time, the old school Nashville players mingled with these long-haired hippie types and found common ground, whereas before, it was uh, two different worlds. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm going to drop a name here. You know, I, I've got some in the books. But today, in fact, I spoke with Charlie McCoy. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie McCoy, yeah. an essential Nashville central session player. And, and he gave me a little insight into Dylan because he worked on any number of early Dylan albums. And so I had to ask him, I said, Charlie, actually, I said, Mr. McCoy, out of due reverence. But I said, what, what was Dylan like? Does he talk? Does he crack jokes? And he said, he doesn't talk. Somebody once said about Bob Dylan, he's the only guy 
that doesn't have a good comeback for hello. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked to him for the, our, our little documentary on the Staple Singers. He was, he was good to work with. Um, wow. So um, you were a former promotions rep at ABC, Capitol Records. Um, what, did you yep. see, what did you see from the inside, uh, uh, like the inside of the business? And how did you apply that into the book? Well, I'm not sure that I really applied that into the book per se, but I'll start with the uh, first question you asked. I found out, and I still know this, that there's a lot of music out there that's all competing to get through a very, very narrow tunnel. They, there's, there's, there were dozens, if not hundreds, of songs out there that were worthy of airplay. And my job was to get these songs on the radio. But the competition was so immense. Any given week, there were 30 or 40 current songs all vying to get on playlists, which, for the most part, would only accommodate maybe one, two, sometimes no new songs. With the top 40, you know, (laughs) the songs are still in circulation. It doesn't leave a lot of room to get new material on there. And it was very difficult and, and often very frustrating because you had these great songs that it would take forever to get the program directors to pay attention. And uh, the competition was immense. So as far as your second question is concerned, now that I'm a a writer, a so-called reviewer critic, although I don't consider myself a critic, I have every week dozens and dozens of publicity people hawking their new artists or their old artists or something. Every week, there are dozens of albums that they bring to my attention that they want me to review. And like the the promotion guy that I was, it's very difficult to get past the competition. There's There's only so many hours in a day and only so many reviews and articles that my editors will accept. So I can have in front of me three or four dozen great albums that I would like to uh, write about, but there's simply not that possibility. And, And ultimately, it comes down to the fact there are so many great artists that still linger beneath the radar because they can't get heard or they can't get reviewed or they can't get noticed. And it's, it's just sad, you know, that there's so much great music out there and we'll only really become aware of a fraction of it, depending on our interests. Some people dig deeper, but mostly the mainstream is only going to hear about very few of them. Sometimes the best stuff's on the outside of the, of the borders, you know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Americana definitely. Music, Voices, Visionaries, and Pioneers of an Honest Sound. How can people find it, Lee? Well, very easily. Um, they could go to Barnes & Noble. They can go to uh, Amazon. If you uh, type, type in Americana Music, Voices, Visionaries, or type in Americana Music and my name, Lee David Zimmerman. That that way it'll come up. But uh, Target has it, Barnes & Noble. Most of the major stores have it. 
Um, a lot of the independent bookstores have it as well, and um, it's out there. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a very, very, it's a very handsome book. How long did it take you to put this together in terms of like doing all the? How many interviews did you do for the book? There's uh, something like three dozen in there, and uh, you know, writing a book takes time, but finding a publisher willing to publish it takes even more time. And even when you find a publisher, it was like two years from start to finish with this. And um, yeah, and now I'm writing a new book about a, a famous producer. That's going to take time. It, it's a very long process. Um, and, and I have to give credit to my wife, Elisa Cherry, who took all the wonderful photos in the book. This was her sort of maiden voyage as a photographer. And She's gotten a lot of compliments on her photos as well. There's a nice one of Casey Chambers there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At the Americana Fest. Yeah, yeah, she is. She yeah. is. She is. Yeah. Um, what did you, um, I'm looking up here in the studio, what did you learn about music and, and, and the industry that maybe you didn't know before you set out on this journey? Well, I, I think the fact that there are very few overnight wonders. I mean, well, today you see a lot of artists, you say, where do they come from? Never heard of them. But for the most part, musicians take a very long time to develop their craft. They start out in very small, inconspicuous places, clubs or bars or a very uh, inauspicious venue along a very inauspicious uh, tour route. And so... It's the, the music that we that we hear, the music that emerges, uh, is the product of a lot of work and a lot of really application to to making this music. The, the common denominator seems to be that most of these artists that I've talked to knew from very early on that this was what they wanted to do. They didn't want to do the nine to five. They were willing to focus on their music, to write songs, to record, to work with other musicians, and really hone it, even at the cost of not being able to pay the rent or living in their car or doing whatever sacrifice they had to do. And it, it, it's... I greatly admire that determination. You know, it's it's not a quick trip to fame and fortune, and it takes a lot of hard work. And I admire their perseverance in doing that. It's a. I mean, you're right. It's a commitment. I'm looking. I'm looking at David Bromberg. I mean, David Bromberg. You know, he's come through Chicago, and you know, he's played with a lot of. You know, you've got a lot of people in here who just you can you can feel the commitment. Timothy B. Schmidt, like you said, he's a zealot. He's been he's been everywhere. You know, he's he's done everything. Timothy B. Schmidt. He says the Eagles. Yeah, he yeah. says in your book, the Eagles are no longer. The Eagles are dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there, there's always going to be egos present. It's, I guess, uh, a natural occurrence when you get to a certain level. But, um, you know, at, at the same time, I think the, mu- the musicians that retain that honesty and integrity, that, that true soulfulness, put the music first. You're right. And, and uh, you know, when you do that, the results are going to be spectacular. Thank you, Lee David Zimmerman. Thanks for joining us tonight. My Over pleasure. There. You're in eastern Tennessee? 
Yes, I'm just south of Knoxville. When people, when I tell people I'm from Tennessee, they automatically assume I live in Nashville. Yeah, but yeah. no, there's much more to the beautiful state of Tennessee than than uh, Nashville. And where I live, just south of Knoxville, Tennessee, it's a fertile area for great music. So. Uh, And great mountains like the Smokies. Job well done. Americana Music, voices, visionaries, and pioneers of an honest sound. It's on Texas A&M University Press. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Okay, and we'll be back after David Jennings in the news on WGN.